Hello, welcome to Creating Portland. I'm your host, Pearson Coons, and on this podcast, I'll be interviewing progressive creators who are using their art to shape the culture of our city and beyond. I hope you enjoy this episode of Creating Portland. Hello, everybody. My name is Pearson Coons, and you are listening to Creating Portland. Uh, We are here today with an incredible local filmmaker and painter. Her name is Betty Alcaraz, and uh, she slays. Welcome to the podcast, Betty. Yay, thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you here. I have worked with you on a couple of projects and absolutely stan your work. And yeah, I just want to get into it with you about Portland art because I know you are super involved in the film scene. You've worked on tons and tons of people's sets all over town. And yeah, let's let's just jump right in. My first question is always, and I'm adjusting it a little bit, okay? So for our regular listeners, we love you. Shout out to you. But I want to know, how are you helping to create Portland as a culture, as a city? How are you and your art helping create this city? (sighs) That is an awesome question. Well, like, well, as a woman of color, as a Mexican woman who's in like a really white city, it's a little hard to like express yourself because even in the littlest way people are kind of like oh shit like what's Mm -hmm. that all about kind of vibes and i'm just like like the way i dress or the way that i talk is very expressive and like i can't handle like i can't like help it it's just who i am so like i bring a lot of that energy into my work whether i be on set or whatever because i just want other like young brown women to know that like honey roll up to set with your jewels on your set like Mm. be yourself you yourself shouldn't it shouldn't hold you back who you are as a person to do the job that you want to fucking do Mm. Mm. yes you are shaping it just by existing as you every day of the week in portland that's right (laughs) love that and tell us a little bit more about your the actual work that you're making. So I know you just finished a mural. Can you tell us about that gorgeous piece? (sighs) Yes. So I just did a mural downtown. It's located on the World Trade Center in front of the Salmon Springs. And um, I got on that because I'm friends with a local uh, muralist and the Portland, what is it? Portland Street Art Alliance. Uh, they helped us get that location on the World Trade Center and one of the people like help helping like organize that is like uh, another local artist who goes by Jesus94 on IG support your local brown folks okay but he uh like saw my artwork on Instagram and he's like hey your art is really cool like would you be down to like paint this mural and I was like oh I'm not a like I've never done that before and I was kind of like nervous because I don't do mural work and he just kind of like pushed me he's like well you won't know if you don't try it he's like Mm -hmm. try it and I was like uh he's like I'll help you and he like sent me a link to like these uh different types of techniques artists do to do murals and I saw one that I'm like oh that's easy like 
I can do that. So I like figured it out and then I put up a mural. The first one I did, uh, it got taken down within like not even 24 hours. Oh my God. <laughs> it was a very political piece. Uh, it said abolish the police and it was like this Mexican woman folding police into tamales. And oh my goodness. <laughs> I only got the outline done of it. And then like the next morning, Jesus hit me up and he's like, hey, people are offended. Oh like my they want you to take it down. And I was like, why? Like, it's literally a painting. Like, it's a painting. And like, that was kind of hard because like, that's my artwork and the city isn't letting me express art. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not hurting anyone. Like, it's not calling for violence. It's just an opinion. It's my opinion. And, like, so I had to take it down. Like, the night yeah. I was drawing it, there was a bunch of security, like, filming me and shit do it. And I was like, excuse me, I have permission to be here. Like, I literally got hired to make this piece. Like, you can't, you can't boot mm. me out of here. Right. So... That sucked and like I had to take it down and I painted over it and I was like, well, fuck it. Like, I'm gonna do a beautiful piece dedicated to black trans women. And that's what I did. <laughs> mm. Wow, 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 wow. Um, yes, and it is a stunning piece. Thank you. Tell us a little bit more about your film work. So I know you work on set in the sound department usually. But yeah. I know you're also making some of your own work. Where are you at with film as a medium? So I specifically do sound department and like I love to record people's dialogue and stuff. But I also like to take my sound gear and like I go to like open fields and like record like ocean crashes and then bring that sound bite back and like redesign it and use it as like another type of sound for like a personal short film of mine or something Ooh. like yeah i like to do that type of stuff where i just go collect random sounds and then bring them back into post audio and play with them i really love doing that too it's a lot of fun wow so that's like just from all over oregon or just on your journeys where are these sounds coming from and how do you sort of pick them I love nature and like looking at it is really pretty but like sitting and listening to it is also like a second mm. experience and to like just record audio of nature without looking at it it kind of transports you into like this other world and I think that's really interesting. Oh I love that perspective and I it's true it is so visual for me and that's the first thing I think of is that visual landscape. And then the sounds are secondary. But I think that you've probably experienced that a lot in making films is that sound always comes second to these like gorgeous visuals or whatever. And then sound is recorded and people, I mean, sometimes it's an afterthought, even though it's so vital to the story. Yeah, definitely. Like even films where people are like oh I want it to be very subtle with no dialogue and creating that atmosphere of mm. that still requires extra audio like extra sound effects extra ambiance so it's you know it's like it's never just going to be raw footage like people always say uh the audience is more forgiving with 
uh, uh, shitty uh, camera. Like, mm-hmm. they'd rather see shitty visuals, but they cannot forgive shitty audio. Like, people, mm-hmm. if you were sitting at a movie and the audio started going shit, you'd be like, give me my money back. You're not going <laughs> to sit there and be like, oh, it's fine. It's freaking 4K. It looks beautiful. No. People are going to, like, they don't care if freaking the best director direct the, directed the film. Like, if it's not sounding good, they're going to be like, where's my money? Give me the money back. I can't experience the film because the audio is being interrupted. Right, right. <laughs> And now I'm getting all self-conscious about my audio as I have this <laughs> mic up my chest. I'm like, oh, but you're so spot on. Okay, let's transition now into, I want to get your perspective on the art scene as a whole. Now that you're sort of in multiple mediums and things and you're pretty in-depth in the community. What are the things that are working for you that you really like about Portland art scene? And what are the things that we definitely need to improve on? Um, what I like about Portland is, like, the indie scene is, like, a very prominent thing here, and I appreciate that a lot of people are down to make their own projects nowadays, like, people are, like, aren't waiting around for the opportunity, which is exactly what you should do with anything that you want, just go do it, go do it, and that's what people here do, they're, like, like, yeah, I don't have a lot of money, but I'm still going to make this movie. And there's always people down to, like, make that movie. So I think that's a really good thing here in Portland. But, like, mm, the eh thing about it is, like, <laughs> again, I'm a Mexican woman, very expressive, big mouth, big opinion. And people are like, eh, not, eh, they're just so apprehensive about it. So when I arrive on like union sets or things like that and I show up with like jewels on my eyes, they're just kind of like, who are you? And it's like, I'm Betty and I'm here to work on this film just like you. Like, mm-hmm. what about my jewels, honey? Aren't they cute? Like, so it's just kind of like, I feel like I have to tiptoe sometimes in order mm. to like be a part of something. I feel like I still have to tone myself down or else people, like, won't accept me right away, which is kind of weird because it's like, aren't y'all a liberal town? Like, aren't we supposed to be, like, super, like, inclusive and diversity? And, like, I hate when people throw that word around because when you don't give the when you like people of color are seeing people in power throw the word diversity around and they're never getting hired that's fucking hurtful it's like yo i'm a whole ass artist over here who has so much to give and y'all don't want to hire me because excuse 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 honestly at this point yeah yeah that has been a theme on the podcast before too of just like there are cool people of color here that are totally qualified. Like you're saying, you're just as qualified when you show up to the set as anyone else there, but you're getting such a different reaction um, to your presence on those sets, which is so sad and hurtful that that's happening. And I think what's interesting too that you bring up is these sort of silent 
things and these cues that you're getting from people, and when I say people, I mean white people that are giving you these cues, and even though they aren't actively thinking like I'm part of the problem, even though they're not saying anything hurtful, even though they're not like like actively contributing to a system of harm, yeah. they are doing this harm and they're dimming your light and they're making it so that you are nervous to express yourself and be a part of these sets, which yeah. I think we as white people need to be aware that even if we're literally saying nothing, we're still saying so much Probably in more. how we're reacting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that sucks. But it's like in the same point, like that motivates me to like keep making art so other BIPOC still feel like motivated and inspired to keep doing their thing because regardless honey regardless of, of fucking making money i'm gonna fucking paint murals mm. i'm gonna go record audio i don't need to be paid to do the thing that i love so like regardless like we're gonna keep it pushing forward and making fucking art like because we just love to do it and nobody can gatekeep you from that mm. yes and so where do you how do you find the strength to do it? I mean, obviously, if you're getting a big paycheck, you can put up with a lot of stuff. But like you're saying, it's mostly indie scene here. It's mostly like doing it for the love of the art. Where are you finding the strength to keep pushing through, to keep expressing yourself to the fullest in uh, environments that are not encouraging that? I've been a black sheep my whole life. So when i get outed it's like not new to me and i'm very positive i'm not the only person of color who feels that way like we're just at a point where we've always been the other that when it's happening to us we're just like it's it's happened so much that it's just a part of like our survival it's like yeah i'm getting shat on that happens all the time but regardless mm. Like, again, people, like, gatekeeping me from my passion is impossible. Like, you cannot take that away from me. That's yes. what keeps me going, is they can't take that. It's mine. It will always be mine. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope everyone is hearing this, because this is inspiration right here. Um, wow. So, then I guess the last sort of big question or segment is, what does what's your dream vision for the art scene of portland and you don't have to know how we get there but if you have ideas honey we'd love to hear them. <laughs> just honestly just like creating spaces like we need spaces like we need resources to like meet each other like this past summer I had my friend Fran uh she did this juke juke meeting which is specifically for BIPOC and I met literally 50 BIPOC that I didn't know lived here. And these people have been living here for years. And some of them are in the film industry. And I'm like, I've never seen you here. Why haven't I ever seen you here? And because of Fran making that space, that's how we were even able to like know that we existed. It's like, oh my God, I'm not the only token in fucking town. Like, there are more BIPOC and there is a community here. And like, I feel like that community is kind of like, it's hurting, it's fucking hurting. And so, yeah, just trying to find a space where we can just be ourselves and like 
meet each other and let each other know that we're not alone. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's so hard to hear, especially as a white creator in Portland, that there is that, that pain and that sort of lack of community that is being fostered in our city. And I think that's a really important call out for us to, yeah. to get it together and make that space and then support those spaces that you're talking about. Yeah. So can you shout out that organization that was organizing the BIPOC space? Yeah, that's Fran. Um, her, uh, it's called Jube Jube Creative. Okay. And you can find her on Instagram. And it's like a radical agency specifically for helping BIPOC, like do the thing they want to do. That's what she does. Yeah, specifically in arts and creative stuff. Yeah, specifically with art stuff. Yeah. Ugh, love that. Okay, very cool. And I guess this isn't really on there, but this is just a question that I mull in my mind, especially when I hear stories like this, which unfortunately is more common than I would want, but it is the truth and we need to deal with that. But my question for you is like, what has kept you here? in Portland as opposed to going to art hubs that are more are stronger in their BIPOC communities and in their BIPOC creators? What keeps you in Portland? What keeps you sort of invested in our city and our art? Well, I mean, honestly, I don't have the funds to like leave even if I wanted to. Like, I don't have that privilege to just be like, oh, I'm going to go move back to L.A. because that's where I'm from mm. and I'm going to go over there. Like, I can't do that right now. And, you know, my family's out here, too. And like during all of this, like I would rather be at home in Oregon with my family and stuff. But like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wanted to leave this place because it is it does get hard. It gets really fucking hard and it does start kind of like making you not want to do the thing anymore because people here make it so prominent to you that you will not make it and it's like well fuck me like where do i go to make it and it's like yeah sometimes you do want to fucking run away but you know like at the same time it's like if i'm gonna be here and because i have to be and i'm like choosing to in a way like i'm not just gonna sit in my room and like disassociate and be like fuck everyone like there's a community here and they're my community. And it's like, we should, we're all like in this space. Like I said, we're not alone. And I know that I'm not alone. I have met a beautiful community and it's like, ugh, I'm gonna go hang out with my community and we're all artists. So we're always like, what do you want to do? You want to make a music video? Let's fucking make a music video for you. Like, let's not sit around and wait for white people to give us the green light. Like we give ourselves the green light because it's our project. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Whew. Well, thank you so much. I just feel so inspired by you. And I feel like your voice and perspective is something we really need to be hearing right now. So I'm so glad you could come on and talk to us about it. Well, where can we find you online, Betty? I only have one social media, uh, Instagram at BettyBoomBoom67. Nice. And that will definitely be linked in the bio. And then I'll make sure to link all of those other um, 
awesome people she was referencing throughout the episode. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here, Betty. And uh, we'll see you next time, y'all. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Creating Portland with me, Pearson Coons. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CreatingPDX or on our website, CreatingPDX.com. This podcast was brought to you by Wolf and Thunder Productions and Golden Pride Productions. See you next time. Bye!